ladies and gentlemen, you know what that sound means. It means it's episode 108 of the Personal Arrogance Podcast, brought to you by the Bald Move Network. Uh, as always, I am your host, Eric Walquist, and joining me this week, as always again, is my good friend, my compatriot, and my co-host, Jesse Wilson. Hello. Jesse, how you doing? Ah, uh, I'm doing good. Yeah? Um... Yeah, I, I had my somewhat triumphant return to competitive magic card playing last Friday. Ooh. I did a booster draft at the local magic establishment. Uh-huh. I took fifth place out of 18. Not bad. Which was enough to win a booster pack. All right. So I'm pretty satisfied with it. Yeah, you got to love a booster draft tournament. What did you play? I played a red-white deck, uh-huh. Angels and Humans. Okay. Yeah. Um, was it pretty easy to build, or? Um. Well, I it, this was from the Avison Restored deck, uh-huh. and this is the f- first time I've looked at that deck in any capacity. So, I didn't really know what to expect. So, no, it wasn't super easy to build, but yeah. I just kind of latched on to certain things and ran with it, and it went pretty well. What were the mechanics you used? What was like one of the main mechanics? <laughs> Um, basically I got a bunch of cheap human cards, uh-huh. and they kind of complemented each other for having more humans on the field, and then I had these one guys, um, that when I played them, I did damage to target player equal to the number of humans in play, so oh, a couple times, nice. yeah, I was able to do yeah. like six damage each time I played one of those, and then my more powerful cards were, uh... Angels, so like four four flyers, and um, I had some equipment to kind of deck them out a little bit and kind of do my heavy hitting with the angels. Excellent. Yeah, it very, was fun. It's a very biblical army of you. <laughs> well, yeah, that's the Amazon or uh, Avison theme. Okay. I yeah. I think it'd be cool. You know, they're releasing they release four new editions of Magic every year. I think it'd be cool if they did a run where they just released a set that was a single color for five sets in a row. So like an all black set, an all blue set, an all red hmm. set. That'd be pretty interesting. It would be pretty crazy. Yeah. People would be bummed though. Like if you had to wait over, if you already have your deck that you're kind of just adding stuff to yeah, and you yeah. had to wait over a year to get any new cards to put in there. Yeah, I could see that. But if you're a real fan, <laughs> if you're a real magic fan, you probably have multi multicolor decks. Yeah. No, that that would be pretty interesting. Cool. Yeah, um so I had a great week too. I went to the uh gadget uh thing on it was last week. It was last week on, on Thursday night. Um so this is brought to you by gadget.com GDGT. I got a media badge. They gave you free booze. They gave you a bunch of tech demos on some new uh, toys, some new tech toys, and some cool things I like there. Um, I got to I got to use the Roku box for the first time. You know what the Roku box is? Yeah, I had one a couple years ago. Oh yeah, I I you know I walked up to the I walked up to the uh, booth and I was talking to the person there and I was like, so I I ditched cable right? I uh, it was too expensive, so I ditched it. But I have an Xbox, and that's what I stream all my stuff through. Why should I get a Roku box? And basically, she convinced me that I should probably get a Roku box because they're they're yeah. low energy. You don't have your Xbox running all the time, which we all know is not a good thing to have. Yeah. Uh, and that thing's a taking time bomb. Exactly, exactly. Uh, you know, it's like a human body with every heartbeat; it, it comes closer to death. 
and <laughs> sorry to bump people Sub out. Too far too <laughs> premature. Yeah. Um, you never know when it's going to go either. Uh, yeah. <laughs> but a box, you know, uses a lot less energy, um, and it's also an open source uh, platform. So there are like podcasts that have their own apps. Like it's really easy to develop apps for it. Um, and they're, and they're cheap. I mean, the bottom of the line one is 50 bucks and the top of the line one's a hundred. So they're, they're not going to break the bank, which, which yeah. is pretty cool. I used to like, I used to stream like democracy now and Al Jazeera on my Roku. There's a lot of cool programming that you can get through that and probably more than when I used to use it a few years ago. Huh. And, and uh, you know, all the networks have it. You can get your Hulu, you can get your Netflix. So I'm sure, uh, you know, our Bald Move listeners, TV people would be very interested in Roku Box. Uh, another thing that I really like, and it actually teams up with your Roku Box, is Twonky, um, Twonky Beam. And Twonky's a, a media player. Uh, they've been around for a while, but now they have Twonky Beam. And basically what you can do is you can queue up, uh, like, a video on your iPhone, and then you can beam it, and it automatically shows up on your television. Hmm. Which I think I I just thought it was the coolest thing in the world. I really geeked out about that. That was probably my favorite <laughs> thing there. And then I also actually got to try out. They had a couple of Fords there, and you know what a big Mike Rowe fan I am. So I had to try out the Ford Sync, which I know uh, you know I know we talk about the Kia Sorento on this show, but it was really cool. I got to sit in there with a the guy from Microsoft and basically walked me through the Sync technology, and got really really excited about. Uh, about what this technology is doing. You know, Microsoft basically created this technology. They have an exclusive contract with Ford for licensing, but they also gave it, or they've also sold it to Kia, and they've sold it to uh, to, to Fiat, which owns Chrysler. So it's all voice-activated technology. And he, I got really excited about him talking about things like, you know, in the future, every car is going to have some computerized system in it like this. Um, and it, basically, what it does is automatically streams all your music uh, onto your onto your uh, into your car, but also to have it where it can talk to infrastructure. So, like, you, you know, it doesn't have this feature now, but in the future, they're talking about about developing it with infrastructure. So, if it's the middle of the night and you're driving through town and you keep hitting red lights, like basically your car would be able to talk to the lights and be like, "Hey, this is the only car on the road, so let's just give them green lights all the way." So, stuff like that got me really excited. Would it really be able to do that, though? Yeah, absolutely. That seems like a safety issue. No, not at all. I mean, that's 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 a very specific instance where if you're the only car on the road, like I hate being stopped at red lights when there's no other cars coming. It's like, who are we stopped here for? And then you know, also, you, you you can just burn through those. I know, but it's illegal. And if you have a <laughs> it's red light, not immoral though. Damn it! But if you live in Seattle, there, there's a good chance there's a red light camera on it. Uh, and, uh, but the other cool thing is he was talking about is like cars, you know, they're developing technology where cars can talk to each other so they, they can understand traffic reports in a much more real time scenario than, than what's used nowadays. So, uh, your car, you know, when you turn on your navigation, it'll automatically be able to talk to a chain of cars going all over, uh, in a matrix and then be able to figure out what will be the fastest route in real time. So yeah, that's pretty cool. Yeah, I just so, want cars to be able to drive themselves. Yeah, I know. That's I mean, th that's what we all want. I don't want to have to go through this intermediate. But this is phase. all part. I mean, this is all part of that. It's it's you know, cars being able to talk to each other, cars being able to talk to the infrastructure. Uh, that's all part of eventually your car driving itself around. 
So that was the gadget. That was, so you can go to gdgt.com. It's a retail site. They have a lot of cool little gadgets. They gave me an iPhone case. It was, it was cool. Plus, they had free booze there, which was great. And it was a hot day, so I got a little drunk. It was great. Um, and then last night, I went to the Mariners game, which was awesome. And it was uh, the first game that Felix pitched after his perfect game. And uh, it was the Supreme Court. So here in Seattle, uh, when Felix pitches, they have what's called the King's Court, and it's a single section. Everybody in that section gets a T-shirt and a sign. But last night they gave a T-shirt and a sign to everybody in the stadium, and 40,000 people showed up. So it was easily the most people I've seen at a Mariners game since 2001. It was really, really exciting. It was a great atmosphere. I like that the Supreme Court overrules the King's Court. <laughs> it thinks the King's Court would be like the highest in the land. Yeah, that that actually makes sense. <laughs> I, it was it was like such a fun night too, and and you know the Mariners won. They won their eighth game in a row. They're on a roll now. Uh, they they have the best uh, record in the American League since the All Star break. Uh, they're like thirty three, they're thirty four and eleven since Ichiro left. Like. It's a, it's a pretty uh it's a pretty good time to be a Mariners fan right now. I'm I'm excited about it. So yeah, they're kind of coming into their own identity. Yeah, which is what they need. I mean, the young guys need to get in there and and you know figure out you know establish themselves as, as stars and not be relying on other people on the team. So I I had a great time. I had a really good week. Um, so who are we who are dedicating this episode to, Jesse? Uh, well, uh. We're dedicating this to this, this is at the request of friend of the show and personal friend Levi yep. um, to dedicate this episode, episode number 108, to his grandpa Jim. Uh, Levi said he lived to be 90, and the only time he ever left Montana was to serve in the Sahara in World War II. And when he came back, he never left the state again. They don't make him as tough as him anymore. And if he knew what a podcast was, He'd probably call it a bunch of bullshit. <laughs> so this bunch of bullshit's for you, Grandpa Jim. This bunch Jim. of bullshit is for you, Grandpa Jim. I think that's uh, we we love Levi. Our thoughts go out to the whole Jetty Clan, uh, and uh, and yeah, I would have loved to have arm wrestled him. Probably would have dominated. <laughs> he would have destroyed you. Yeah, he uh, would have destroyed you. <laughs> so Jesse, what are you drinking this week? Um, I'm having Alaskan Summer. Which uh, uh-huh. I get, despite the fact that I think it's the laziest beer name ever. <laughs> it's the Summer Kolsch Style Ale by mm-hmm. Alaskan Brewery out of Juneau, uh-huh. Alaska. Uh-huh. Um, it's sweet. It actually stylistically it hits the Kolsch uh, flavors quite well. Grainy, sweet, uh, mostly clear, but with a little bit of haze and uh-huh. uh, well carbonated. So I'm enjoying it. I feel like a good Kolsch also has like just a hint of tanginess on the on the aftertaste. Do you taste that? Um, more of just like a lingering sweetness. Yeah. In this one, lingering sweetness is in the name of a new uh, emo band. <laughs> uh, I'm drinking the uh, Pyramid Outburst Imperial IPA. It's a delicious, uh, really, really smooth hoppy uh ipa and I'm, I'm really enjoying it i just went and picked up a 22 and not to mention some period which means it's got a lot of booze in it yeah there you go so there you go uh i guess get her done get her done i guess it's time for a little tiny mat roll off what do you say jesse i i'm gonna stick with my um digital rolling if that's okay with you 
That's fine with me. I'm actually going to do that too this week because I don't know where, oh. I, where I place my D20. So uh, once again, if the you... streak, if my streak ends, it's just because of this. <laughs> well, uh, uh, for those of you who want to know, I'm going to www.brockjones.com slash die roller slash dice.htm. The best. And I'm using um, I'm using the RPG roller app on my iPod Touch. All right, all right. So here we go. Roll the fourteen. Roll the sixteen. No. Yes, the streak is over. The streak is over. Woo! All right, Eric doesn't lose everything this week. That's good. <laughs> that's a good start. Okay, so uh, my first topic last week uh, we covered some uh, some video games uh, that are coming out that. Uh, we're really excited about because PAX is coming up uh, in in eight days. Oh God, I'm so excited! Uh, we're gonna yeah, have we're gonna have a little bit of a PAX extravaganza. PAX PAXaganza. Uh, uh, Aaron Hubbard from Bald Move is gonna be out here in Seattle. We're gonna be podcasting with him all weekend uh, and hanging out and playing some games. Also, uh, Yuri Walkiev from the Hex Nineteen podcast. Uh, will be there as well. Um, in fact, last week on the show we were talking about uh, what video games we're very excited about, and I, you know, as always, I am super, super excited for uh, for uh, Bioshock Infinite. And I misspoke last week, but luckily Yuri was here to set us straight. He says uh, in an email, "Hello, arrogance. Just something to point out from your last episode. You mentioned that Bioshock Infinite is releasing in October." But back in May, it got delayed until 2013. The new release date is February 26th. Uh, and uh, thank you, Yuri, for setting us straight. Uh, and uh, Yuri will be at the at the uh, at the uh, at PAX as well. Now, if you, if we if we make any more mistakes during the show, I'm holding it up to you, the listener, to let us know about it. Please email us at personalarrogance at gmail dot com. But uh, this week, I'm not going to be talking about. Uh, video games at PAX. I am going to be talking about panels at PAX. Now, Jesse, uh, we're not huge panel goers, are we? How many panels do you say we go to a year? Um. Well, I actually go to way more with Levi. Okay. If it's if it's me and Levi, we'll probably hit up four. Yeah. If it's you and me, we'll get maybe halfway through one and then go drink. <laughs> I think I made it to one and a half last year. Okay. Uh, I, I was at the half. <laughs> yeah. Well, I'm very excited. There are some really cool, uh, really cool panels this year, and I've been looking through them, and I bookmarked the ones that I want to go to. So I'm going to run through these panels and kind of see if you agree. If you want to go to these panels with me, if you don't, uh, then I'll just go by myself, and okay. uh, for half the time, and then I'll meet you at the bar um, halfway through. Uh, so, uh, the first one I'm really excited about, this is actually the one I'm most excited about. It's at 10.30 a.m. on Friday. First thing, it's want to break into RPGs and then just make games. And basically, this is a panel that's talking about just, uh, how to make a pen and paper RPG and how to get it out there in front of people and how to have the right people see it. Um, I'm really yeah, excited. Yeah, this will be, this will be real interesting, but... I think this is more of a you than a me kind of panel, specifically right. because that's exactly what you want to do. I know it's uh, it's, it's tailor made for an ambitious project of yours. It's it's true. I uh, I actually haven't talked about this on the podcast at, ever, but uh, I am developing. I know. I don't know if we are you gonna are you gonna spoil it. I'm not gonna spoil it. I'm just gonna say I am developing Jeez. a pen and paper RPG, and so you might notice that some of my things are leaning that way. But this is kind of what PAX is about. Like, whatever you're interested in in the world of gaming, 
you won't just find one uh, panel that talks about it. You'll find a bunch of them, which is which mm-hmm. is a really cool thing. Um, so at one thirty p.m. on Friday, there's the design an RPG in an hour, <laughs> which falls right in line with that. But basically, the whole uh, the whole group, the whole audience is going to help create this pen and paper RPG in one hour, which is kind of fun. Oh, that's um, kind of fun. Yeah. Um, three th- days to mate the RPG. Oh God, three days to mate. <sighs> I still think that was a great idea. It totally got shot down. I think it was too. Uh, <laughs> that's that's for another episode. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so um, and then uh, I think this one would be one that I think everybody might be interested in. Uh, at three thirty, uh, short subjects in gaming. So basically, what they're doing is they're compressing three uh, panels into one panel, like three mini panels, uh, which I think is kind of a cool thing, especially for someone with as short of an attention span as I have. Uh, and so the first one is when when it, when the game plays the player. The second one is a competitive test of skill, and uh, three is on the ethics of mind control. So you know they ba- it's basically game analysis uh, on a wide range of games. They're saying from Counter Strike to casino gambling to Euro style board games, uh, all these topics will apply to those. And uh, I th- I just think it's cool they're kind of compressing these down and really looking at game theory, which is something I'm really interested in. Um, yeah, I'm interested in that too. I'll go. I'll go with you to that one for sure. Okay, cool. What time is that on Friday? Uh, that one is coming in at three thirty. Okay, got time. Yeah, um, I'm actually gonna have a playable demo of my board game to bring Apexus here. All right, I am gonna be working my ass off this weekend to make sure I have a playable demo of my pen and paper RPG. Mine's already ready. Well, mine's not, but it's not <laughs> going to be the full thing either. It's going to be like it's going to be like a D and D next demo. It's, I'm going to release like one like world that we can live in, I guess. Okay, uh, that'll be fun. The next one that I'm excited about four o'clock on Friday: Eberron and Beyond: The World Design with Keith Baker. Uh, and this is Keith Baker, who's best known for creating Dungeons and Dragons: World of Eberron. Uh, and uh, he's basically going to have an informal discussion on world design and what he's working on next. So it's kind of more about that RPG building worlds. And then at night at 7 o'clock, it's the game show night with the blankety blank. It's basically a bunch of people, somebody from Wired, from the Escapist, Activision, Polygon, uh, your buddy Justin McElroy that we love so much. Yeah, I know. Uh, (laughs) Loading Ready Run, uh, uh, two guys from Loading Ready Run are going to be there as well. And it's basically just going to be a game show. There's going to be audience participation. And they're actually having one of these, like, every night they're having game shows that people can participate in, which I think is a That's cool awesome. twist on PAX this year. So that, that pretty much wraps up Friday. Um, Saturday, I'm not going to go through all the panels I want to see, but I know there's a couple you're going to be excited about. First off, 2.30 p.m., XCOM, Enemy Unknown, A Thousand Stupid Ideas on the Road to Glory. Eh. Wait. <laughs> wait. Wait, wait, wait. This is about the old XCOM. Uh, yes. Get in. Get Not the... about the remake that's coming out. That's awesome. Wait, this is about XCOM Enemy Unknown. So is that the old yeah, one? That... Yeah, that's the original. Yeah, get the inside look of XCOM Enemy Unknown with stories of death, addiction, and saving the world with the Firaxis development team. I think. I Maybe think this I'm might be the new here. one. I think they might just have the uh, the new one. But they're going to have, like, XCOM. I mean, they're... people are going to be putting them to the test here with XCOM knowledge. So it might be a good opportunity to, for you to ask a question of uh, about this game that's coming out. Well, I already did that at PAX East oh. last year. Well, what'd you ask? I, um, I asked how 
because when they when they showed it, there were only like four players on the screen, and I asked how big the squad size could be, and they said it could only be like six, which was kind of a bummer because old XCOM you could have like a, over a dozen guys. Can you still name all the guys individually? I I presume so. Can we get the tank? Um, the tank. It looks like the tank will be gettable. Okay, good, good. Uh, <laughs> um, six thirty. This is gonna be a crowded panel. I don't know if we want to elbow our way into this one, but Halo Reborn will be there. Uh, so it's a Halo Four panel, and they're gonna do a lot of demos and kind of show that off. I'm, I think we might just want to see it on the floor. Ah, uh, uh, that would be cool, though. Yeah, I know it's gonna be packed. I've been I've been getting back into Halo recently, and. Well, it's 5.30 uh, p.m., so we can line up for that one. Um, bring some Pax Juice. Yeah, we'll bring some Pax Juice. Uh, and uh, so that's kind of what's happening on Saturday. There's a bunch of other stuff, too. I don't want to go through. Too- oh, there is one thing. Uh, 9.30 p.m., I'm very excited about this because Aaron is bringing Cards Against Humanity. And at 9.30 on Saturday, they're having the Cards Against Humanity panel. Um, mm. in which you get to bring your best card ideas and pitch them to all eight writers and co-creators of Cards Against Humanity. The best card ideas will make it into the next expansion. The worst card ideas will be mercilessly ridiculed. That and, sounds like a lot of fun. Yeah, please note, utilicilts will not be permitted in the auditorium. I love this already. Wow, bold. I know, that's like basically there's not going to be any enforcers there. <laughs> uh... And then Sunday, we got just a few more. Uh, the D&D You Never Knew I'm kind of excited about. Um, it's going to be looking at uh, Dungeons & Dragons, the 1981 edition, the mm-hmm. 1981 be- uh, basic set, and it kind of talks about what made that really special. I know nothing about that, but I love like history, and gaming is really starting to – it's old enough where it's starting to develop a history, so that, one's, I'm, that one I'm kind of excited about. Uh, might be cool to stop by. Um and uh, and that's about it. There's there's one at 4 p.m. It's kind of a swan song for the for the con. Um, it's called Sympathy for the Devil, creating killer villains for games and books. This is another one that I'm kind of excited about since I'm developing my pen and paper RPG about how to just kind of create villains that are cool and scary and sexy and fun and bad. So that'll be cool. So that's kind of my panel rundown. Um, I don't. I I think uh, there's. You know, I'm I'm going to try to hit more panels this year. I feel like that's something we don't really utilize very much. And uh, if I can get like six in, I think I'll feel really good about it. Yeah, panels. I don't know. Sometimes one that you're really excited for can kind of be a bummer. And yeah, they're kind of a lot of effort, especially since you have to line up and wait. And yeah, just it all... saps a lot of your energy sometimes. Well, and then you're there, you're all crammed in there, and all you want to do is eat a hamburger. <laughs> well, you know, this goes along. Uh, our good buddy Yuri over at Hex19, uh, Hex19.com, wrote up a great article on how to prepare for packs. And pack snacks, I think, is something we should utilize this year that we haven't really utilized in the past. Get some yeah, pack snacks. That's a, that's a good call, yeah. pack snacks, definitely. We kind of go the opposite direction, yeah. which is continuously poisoning our bodies the entire week. Yeah, we can we poison our bodies, don't eat any food, and by the third day, uh, we will kill one of the party. <laughs> yeah, and we also <laughs> inevitably fall into the trap of playing the game where you try and backhand yeah. very close to someone's sensitive area. Right. Without hurting them too bad, right. and then eventually someone goes too far and everyone gets mad. <laughs> 
<laughs> or we drop people on people's faces. <laughs> All of these are actual things that have happened, except for the killing someone in the party. But there's yeah. always there's always room it's, for that in the future. Yeah, it's come close, definitely. Yeah, so so PAX is coming up. It's a week away. Next week we'll do a full PAX preview of what you need to do if you're going to PAX. Uh, this will be my 10th PAX. Jesse, I think this is your 14th. I don't know. I don't, I've lost count. I think it's your 14th. So no, I think we, no way. I think so. I think you have four more than I do. Oh, do you have three possible. more than I do? No, you have three more. This is your 13th. Because you went to two Dang. PAX East and you went to a PAX before my first PAX. Yeah. So we've been to a lot of PAXs. I think we have more PAX experience than a lot of people out there. So, yeah, we have a combined twenty-three packs. I know it's pretty, it's pretty effing nuts. So uh, <laughs> next week, uh, I'm actually teasing my segment for next week. We're going to give you a full rundown of how to prepare for packs. But Jesse, what's your first topic? Well, um, I want to change gears here and pull something I don't know if I've ever pulled on the podcast before. I want to talk about a movie. All right. I never talk about talking my language, buddy. I know. So I watched a movie the other night. And it's it was the most fun movie experience I've had in a long time. Uh huh. And that was um, a, a movie I, I streamed it off Netflix. Okay. And it was The Expendables. Wow. <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> <laughs> it's it's weird. Um, I I went into it with super, and this is this is something that happens with all movie. You know, anytime you go into a movie, you have certain expectations. Right. And mine were set really low because I heard a lot of people tell me that The Expendables was really bad. Yep. And I think it was just the greatest. Really? Yeah. And so um, I want to talk about why I liked it so much. And the main reason I liked it Mm -hmm. is um, you got to approach movies as you would approach judging beer. Okay. Maybe um, Miller Lite isn't the best beer in the world, Mm -hmm. but it hits the style of light American lager perfectly. Right. Whereas if you wind it up with, you know, a Northwest Pale Ale, the Northwest Pale Ale is going to smoke it every time. It's just a better style of beer. Yes. But the Miller Lite makes the perfect classic American lager. There you go. Okay. And this was the American light lager of movies. Okay. So I, was, I haven't seen this movie, Jesse. So can you give me a rundown of the plot or like a, a rough rundown? Well, um, Sylvester Stallone leads like a mercenary organization mm-hmm. of old guys, mm-hmm. <laughs> basically old badasses. And actually Jason Statham isn't that old. So it's kind of yeah. Sylvester Stallone's like the old like veteran and Jason Statham's kind of like the younger uh, more badass guy, um, and they go to some island or something, and there's <laughs> like a dictator, but it's actually an American like businessman, uh-huh. and um, they like control. They're like brutal dictators and kind of control the island, and they go in there and scope it out, and they think that oh, this is too heavy of a situation for us. Got to get out of here with the girl. Well, the girl doesn't want to go with them. And it's it's the Generalissimo's daughter. Uh-huh. So uh, they go back to the United States and have a, a conscientious decision that they have to go back and rescue her. 
Okay. <laughs> and in the meantime, they assemble their ragtag gang of unlikely washed-up badasses. Okay. <laughs> and kick a lot of ass. I'm very excited about this movie. I've been watching uh, Stars Earn Stripes, which I don't know if you've heard of this TV <laughs> Have show. Have you been watching that? I've, I've seen the commercial. I've been watching the shit out of that show. I mean, I, there's only been two episodes, but I watched the shit out of both of those episodes. Yeah? Uh, for some reason, it's inc- it's really enthralling. Interesting. It stars Wesley Clark, who was a presidential candidate in 2008. I mean, 2004. Okay. 2004. Uh, he was on the cover of Newsweek, uh, but he... Uh, kind of fell out of the race uh but it basically uh terry cruz is like my favorite dude on that show and he's he's like that super muscly guy who was in uh in those old spice commercials oh he's, so he's not no relation to tayo cruz no and no, not tom cruise either okay i think it's c-r-e-w-s but terry cruz is in the expendables he's like the super muscly black guy oh i thought that was well see i don't know any of the actors but yeah i know <laughs> But Terry Crews got no- spoiler alert. Terry Crews did get knocked off of Stars and Stripes this week. I was very sad. Well, about he that. didn't get knocked off of the Expendables. I hope for Expendables too. All right. Um, another reason I like this movie so much is okay. is super fluffy. They they don't get it, it's not heavy at all. There's uh-huh. no like really no drama. It's just like super light <laughs> killing of dudes. Okay. And I think the final reason, possibly the reason I like it the most. Is there's no sex scenes. Oh. Yeah, there's no sexy anything. And at the end of the movie, like, because he never really understand the relationship between Sylvester Stallone and this woman he wants to rescue. At uh-huh. the end, he gets a hug. All right. He doesn't even get a kiss. There's no <laughs> sex scene or anything. He gets a hug. Awesome. But I guess there are no there are no sex scenes in any of the Rambo movies either. So is this basically like an unofficial sequel to Rambo? Um, it's kind of an unofficial sequel to a lot of their movie careers because, okay. like, at one point Arnie makes like a brief uh cameo. Yep. And uh, like he's all pissed off. He's kind of like Arnold Schwarzenegger is like the uh, the leader of. Uh, another mercenary group who's like bidding against Sylvester Stallone's mercenary group ah. and uh, he gets all pissed off and Jason Statham's like what's up with him and Sylvester Stallone goes oh he just wants to be president uh huh so it's even like kind of a <laughs> sequel to reality and does does Bruce Willis make like his, a short cameo in it as well yeah he does he's oh. the like CIA guy who's contracting them to go to this country and start start stuff cool well, the expendables 2 is now out in theaters uh i know i'm gonna go see it in theater i just i don't want to go see it by myself but if i have to i will <laughs> i think it's cool they got a lot of uh you know so uh, apparently schwarzenegger and, and bruce willis both have a lot bigger roles they also have jean-claude van damme chuck norris dolph lundgren uh dolph was in this one. Oh, he was okay it was randy couture in this one yeah i i heard it was good i heard it was actually better than the first one all right. Which I don't know how to feel because <laughs> everyone said the first one was bad and I thought it was so good. So if they, everyone else thinks this one's actually better, I might think that stylistically it's not what it should be. Well, I think that would go right along with your contrary <laughs> attitude. <laughs> That's true. Did you Speaking of JCVD, uh-huh. have you heard about the movie JCVD? No. Uh, it's a Jean-Claude Van Damme movie. 
and it, it's not like a documentary, but it's him kind of playing himself. Uh huh. And he like gets he's like a washed up '80s action star who gets like caught up in a in a uh, a bank robbery. Uh huh. But like he can't do anything. <laughs> I'm gonna have to watch that. I haven't seen it. This movie got me all jazzed up for um action movies and i wanted to ask you eric i yeah. know you're a big fan of the superhero movies but yep. i think that the superhero movies are eclipsing action movies oh, absolutely. these days absolutely 90s era action movies are you kidding me the rock true lies <laughs> lethal weapon one two three and four uh you can't get over like the the, the old action movies are great the 90s yeah. action movies are great movies i love them true Total lies recall True Predator. Lies is one of my favorite movies uh, of all time. It's definitely my favorite action movie of all time. I I'm I'm starting to blame the super the rise of the superhero in the death of the action movie. Yeah, I think so. Well, I, I don't like it one bit. I think it's the whole uh, you know I hate to be a downer here, but I think it's a post nine eleven world we live in. We want to uh, we want to rise up heroes instead of having you know more of a you know those action movies. There's a lot of plots in those where big buildings get blown up and that sort of stuff. Yeah, uh, they're basically always fighting against terrorists, and uh-huh. I'm not sure if people want to see that on screen right now because it's a little too close to home. Well, yeah, Eric. Um, one last thing, I want to ask you: if they were to make an Expendables three, uh-huh. who do you think they should add? I gotta say, no, the Expendables franchise would be non-complete without Jackie Chan. Oh, they gotta get Jackie. Yeah, yeah, they gotta get. He was Jackie. such a big action hero in my youth. Yeah, I, they got to get Jackie, and you're, this might be a little bit of a controversial pick, but I would think it'd be cool if they got Mel Gibson to like oh. maybe do a cameo. Oh my God, you're right. Lethal, like I said, Lethal Weapon, Mad Max, like he was an action star. Did you did you hear anything about this movie, The Gringo, that just came out? No. It was a it's a Mel uh, Mel Gibson movie, and I saw it, it. I think it went direct to DVD. I saw it at mm-hmm. a Walmart. And um, it, it's like Mel Gibson is the gringo, and they're trying to kill the gringo. Actually, it might be called Kill the Gringo. Okay. I'm going to look this up right now. Okay. Well, I think, uh, I don't know, Mel Gibson would be good. And you're going to think I'm crazy here, but I think Tom Arnold as Comic Relief would be great. Because I have already established I think True Lies is a great movie. But Tom Arnold uh, makes that movie. He makes he makes True Lies. Yeah, I agree. I think they also need... um. Danny Glover. Danny Glover would be good. Danny Glover and Bill Paxton. Yeah, Bill Paxton would be good too. So it's but called Bill Paxton should be Yeah, Bill Paxton should be the Bill Paxton should be the villain. Yeah, I could see that. Yeah. I could see him being a good villain. Well, all right, so we got that this written. Let's go ahead and send that off to Universal. And uh, <laughs> so it's called Get the Gringo. Yeah, let's get the gringo. I'm trying to look at it on Rotten Tomatoes, but stuff keeps popping up. It got 80%. Oh, all right. Maybe you have to check yeah. that one out. All right, well, we're running a little short on time here, um, so I'm going to go ahead and move on to our trivia break. Uh, so I'm going to roll a six-sided die here. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, please play along at home. We're going to be playing Genus 1 of Trivial Pursuits, uh, and uh, we're going to be rolling a six-sided die to see which category we're going this week. Two, entertainment. Jesse, this is your favorite. Is is it? Old person entertainment. Uh, <laughs> so, Jesse, you're first here. Here's my first question to you. 
That's the name of my jazz band. <laughs> uh, how many finally made it to freedom in the movie The Great Escape? Um, I think The Great Escape 3 finally made it to freedom. Okay, I'm going to say one. Three, you made You got it. <laughs> yeah, of course I did. Out away. I knew it. Out away. I didn't guess at all. <laughs> uh, so this one's for me. Uh, who emceed the radio quiz show College of Musical Knowledge? I'm going to say Casey Kasem. Um, I'm going to say Wolfman Jack. Kay Kaiser. Oh, the king. Yeah. The king of college. <laughs> the king the of college, king. Massachusetts. Uh, Jesse, this one's for you. What TV comedian's wife was played by Imogen Coca? Nanette Fabre and Giselle McKenzie. TV comedian. Yeah. His wife. I don't know. Johnny Carson. I'm going to say Dick Van Dyke. Sid Caesar. Oh. Sid Caesar. So I got to I got to get this one to 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 tie it. Here we go. Who did Clifton Webb portray in Stars and Stripes Forever? Oh, I thought it was going to be Stars and Stripes. Oh, Terry Crews. That would have been right up your alley. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, I'm going to say I'm going to say uh uh Patton. Uh I'm just going to stick with uh Johnny Carson. John Philip Sousa. Oh, I guess that makes sense. All right, Jesse, well, I don't win everything this week, but I do get to talk first for my second topic. So uh, speaking of ensemble action films, uh, this actually goes into a little bit of what we were talking about before. So, um, so as you probably know, uh, it's, it was announced a little earlier this year that The Hobbit is actually going to become a trilogy. So we're getting th- six movies out of four books. I'm um, okay with that. I'm okay with that too, but The Hobbit is also the shortest of all the Lord of the Rings books. Well, now they're going to go back and make four movies out of each of the three original books. Perfect. To, for a twelve a a dodecadology. Yes. <laughs> well, this, see, this got me thinking here. So, obviously, Lord of the Rings is a very successful series. I, I anticipate The Hobbit also being extremely successful. Um, and you know, the fantasy genre has really made leaps and bounds in the last decade with movies like the Harry Potter movies, of course, Lord of the Rings. Um, but this got me thinking is as I was going through all my PAX uh, panels, why the hell can't they make a good Dungeons and Dragons movie. Oh, first, I don't think I don't think people would want to go see a Dungeons and Dragons movie. Okay. who aren't Dungeons and Dragons fans. Okay, and two, did you see the original Dungeons and Dragons movie? We're talking about two thousand. Yes, I saw that in theater with my D- original D and D group. Oh man, it was rough justice. <laughs> Well, yeah, that was Dungeons and Dragons came out in 2000, starring Jeremy Irons, Bruce Payne, Justin Whalen, and of course Marlon Wayans. Of course, yes. Uh, and that was a terrible movie. They also Can, made a direct. I need, to, I need to time out the conversation real quick. Okay, that was that was 2000. Yeah. Um. So I was already playing D and D at that point. I just realized this the other week. I turned I turned 26 this Friday. Mm-hmm. The day after this podcast comes out, I will have been playing D&D and um, Settlers of Catan for half my life. 
Jeez. Isn't that crazy? The yeah. last 13 years, I've been consistently playing those games. And from now on, the majority of your life. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, I just wanted to time out at that. <laughs> That's crazy. Uh, they also, in 2005, they released Dungeons & Dragons Wrath of the Dragon God. That was a direct-to-DVD release. Uh, you can get it on Zune. You can run it through Zune. It starred Mel Gibson. <laughs> it starred uh, Bruce Payne, Mark Diamond, and Clemency Burton Hill. Uh, Clemency is a nice name. So that one, and it actually got a higher grade by the uh, viewers on IMDb than the original Dungeons and Dragons. The but, first one was just awful. Yeah, I saw the it was I, just the worst. I saw the trailer, and uh, I just watched the trailer for this one, and it looks like a bad sci-fi movie, like sci-fi channel movie. Yeah, basically. And apparently, Dungeons and Dragons: The Book of the Vile Darkness has finished filming and is going to be released next year. Uh. So they they keep pumping these things out. They're they're mostly uh, dollar bin at Walmart releases, I think. Mm-hmm. But uh, what what do you think they would have to do to make a D and D film that would actually be good and successful? Um, I think I don't think it can be set just in the D and D world. I think it would have to be kind of a Harry Potter situation. Okay, someone from our world thrust into the D and D world somehow. Yeah, I. I agree with that a little bit because um, you need to have an everyman character that people can relate to. Uh, but I just think I think it goes back to what you originally said. Like you can't call it Dungeons and Dragons. <laughs> I think you got to figure out a cool name. Like I don't know something cool. Like uh, like well like this like the D and D supplements. You know like Stormrack or yeah something cool like that and call it D and D Stormrack. Complete Arcana, something like that. Yeah, uh, and uh, and make that kind of the theme, and then uh, what? So obviously, it's going to be like an, I think if they followed an Expendables theme, maybe. I mean, it could be really cool. Basically, mm. an Expendables with like dragons in it. Do you think that well, would work? Yeah, I think so. And we know The Rock already likes D and D. Yeah, well, Vin Diesel. So, Vin Diesel. That's yeah. who I was thinking. Yeah, of. Vin maybe Diesel Vin Diesel, Diesel can be the lead. Yeah. Vin Diesel is like a barbarian. Yeah, I would actually like. I would. I would like them to oh, make Vin, like an dude, R Vin Diesel, Vin Diesel should definitely be in the next Expendables movie. Totally. I feel like he's the one yeah. who's, who's carrying the torch. Also, The Rock the would Rock. be good too. Yeah, totally. <laughs> <laughs> but um, maybe if they went with like a more adult, like R-rated D and D movie with yeah. like. Real like limbs being severed and skulls being crushed by maces and yeah, kind of a more like, adult plot. Yeah, like an R-rated Dungeons or an R-rated Lord of the Rings. Yeah, um, that would be sick. Uh, I I think that uh, I think that you know it should it should definitely be a more of an ensemble movie. And what classes do you think should be highlighted? Um. I think the main character should be a paladin who has been disgraced and is okay. trying to earn back his um, standing among his his peers. But maybe, maybe he comes from a corrupt sect, oh. and uh, instead of trying to earn back their approval, he realizes he needs to bring them all down. Well, it looks like you have the thing written. <laughs> that would be my. So yeah, <laughs> you, you would have your paladin, who's kind of your your main character. And then he has to team up with a rogue. Right. And, like, obviously they wouldn't get along right away because, you know, he's a he's a whole, holy warrior of God and the the rogue is, like, a pit, 
pickpocketing street urchin, but he well, realizes... Well, how about they're friends since childhood, and they're polar opposites? No. No? Okay, so the rogue <laughs> has to join the party. Yeah, his friend from childhood would be the wizard, who, okay. who does arc magic instead of divine magic. Ah. And he's kind of an egghead. He's like a Hermione. Okay. <laughs> that sounds good. And then there'd be a hot druid. Yeah, you gotta have a hot druid. Yeah, of course. Um, yeah, I, I, you know, I'm always, I'm always the barbarian. I think you gotta have a, a brutish barbarian. Mm-hmm. And yeah, if, that's also your comic relief there. I think it'd be cool if you had like a barbarian fighter team that they like recruit. So that's your Han and Wookie. <laughs> basically, yeah. Like you got your fighter and your and your half orc barbarian, and they kind of recruit them into the into the uh, into the crew. Where does the Darfellin work in? Darfellin, I think, should be the villain. Oh, yeah. See, my like the Jaws my kind of thing. Yeah, exactly. See, my envisioning, or you know, like not the not the main villain, but like the villain's henchman, like uh-huh. Jaws. I feel like there should be. Uh, there should be like this impending evil. This this, like, why not incorporate some Lovecraftian themes into it, right? So let's get some this impending evil that is coming upon the country. Yeah, uh, they're trying to spawn like a, a elder forgotten god that's going to just destroy right everything. an elemental basically. Yeah, and uh, and so there's this team, and the, and it can go into the D and D supplements a little bit of a Neanderthal, a, a Darfellin, and then what's that gorilla guy? I forget. Who can like fly around? Yeah, I, I don't remember the gorilla glider guy, and yeah. so they're coming through and they're kind of laying the path for this dark elemental to come to the town. So the uh, the crew, the the paladin, uh, you know, in finding out that he actually needs to rebel against the 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 people that he was with originally, he also finds out that they're behind trying to bring about this elemental um, evil to basically wipe out the world. Right. Yeah. Well, what? How's he going to do that? Well, he'll 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 start off by just trying to uh, rebel against them, and then realize that he's actually fighting a greater evil. Yeah, but I mean, like, what? There there has to be some attainable objective. Is there like an artifact or something he needs to destroy? I think that it, I think the end battle should just be the crew versus the elemental. Mm. Well, that'll work. And too. like, people straight up get killed, and like one. Like, remember that campaign we did with Sam Blinko where he basically did the suicide sword, magic sword, into the guy, into the giant dragon's mouth, and that ended the entire campaign? Yeah. Something like that. <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> yeah. Well, looks like we have this thing written. Uh-huh. So let's go yeah, ahead and let's so... get this script. I'm sure uh, one of our listeners is describing right now. So let's go ahead and send one of those to Universal, one of them to Sony, and then we'll start a bidding war between the two. Okay. I think we got it. Um, so what's your second topic? Well, uh, my second topic I'm bringing back fan-favorited, worse than a punch in the face. All right. Let me uh, actually, uh, our good buddy Mark Griffin, we commissioned him to write us a song, and I'm going to play it right now. So I'm going to bring up a series of topics and ask Eric whether or not the thing mentioned is worse or better than receiving a punch in the face. All so right. Eric. Okay. Um. Playing off of last week, remember I was talking about how um, I would pause a podcast halfway through, and then when I got started to play it, I would accidentally hit the back button, and it would start all over again? The worst. 
Well, um, that problem became automatically resolved when my iPod decided to stop uh, responding when I hit the play button. <laughs> Excellent. So by complaining about it, my iPod decided, screw it, you don't get the play button anymore. It was it was Steve Jobs in the cloud. Yeah, exactly. Like, I got cloud serviced you got on the that cloud. One. You got the cloud, dropped, you dropped the cloud on you. So is that double-edged sword better or worse than a punch in the face? I think that that is hilarious. And <laughs> so how much does an iPod Touch cost? Um, I'm not sure. That's the only functionality, though. Like, it's only from the first screen. If after, you know, it's kind of in that sleep screen, and uh-huh. I go into it and press play, it works. Oh, so there's a workaround? Yeah, there's a workaround. Not as bad as a punch in the face. Okay. I just got what I deserved on that one. So, <laughs> yeah. Eric, um, there was a little news item today Okay. Uh, in, in the local alternative newspaper, The Stranger, uh-huh. about... Um, the uh, people at Hempfest who are, oh yeah, I guess campaigning for a certain initiative, I five hundred two, and how misinformed they were, and how um, it became kind of like a mob mentality thing. And uh, well, this is this is the, what happened. So this is on the ballot this year is this legalization uh-huh. of marijuana bill in, in Washington State. And it's kind of revolutionary because, I mean, there's a pretty good marketing campaign out there for it. Uh, And this year, it's really crazy. Washington State could be the first state that both votes uh, for gay marriage to be legal. Uh, No state has ever voted by popular vote to do that, but I think Washington's probably going to do that this year. And then also uh, vote for, there's a pretty good chance that marijuana legalization could go through this year. Now, is that the 502? Yeah. So these people at Hempfest are actually against it because there's this you know medical marijuana network that is actually campaigning against the, the this legalization bill because yeah. right now they have a, monop- a monopoly on the mar- legal marijuana trade in Washington State and they don't want to lose that. So they were basically spreading all this propaganda at Hempfest to go against the I five hundred two. Bill, yeah, and, which and is hilarious. Like... You basically made a bunch of stoners want to not legalize marijuana. It's hilarious. Yeah, and apparently the whole hemp fest became a love fest for this anti five hundred two campaign. Right. And if you even went in there in support of it, they would like curse you out and be like, "Fuck you, man!" Blah blah blah. Yeah. So I just want to ask, in general, yeah, in general, are the marijuana um, initiative decriminalization people better or worse than a punch in the face? Well, I think that it's ridiculous that people who smoke marijuana don't want to uh, don't want to legalize it. I think that that is ridiculous to me. Here's the thing, too, is they keep saying, like, they're afraid of getting DUIs. Like, if you, if the way this is set up, you're going to get a DUI if you smoke pot and drive your car. Yeah. Yeah, don't do that. Just don't don't do that. <laughs> I drink a lot of beer. I drink beer at least once a week with you on the podcast. And I understand that if I drink a lot of beer, I get drunk. You can't drive. I can't drive my car. <laughs> yeah. Like, I don't understand this. That's kind of part of the deal, guys. Yeah. Ugh. 
Anyway, that that was a little frustrating. It's hilarious to me. Plus, like you know, the whole thing is basically there's these these medical marijuana uh, shops uh, that are campaigning against it because they don't want it to be sold in liquor stores because then they're going to be out of a job. Yeah, it, it's it's like if a bunch of uh, rum runners were like campaigning against prohibition or like for prohibition. Right. Exactly. It's basically the exact same thing. <laughs> yeah. So our is is um is the uh, marijuana legalization person? This goes right along with last week's hypocrisy. Hip- if whenever hypocrisy is covered, it's definitely worse than a punch in the face. Yeah. Okay. It's 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 absolutely mind mind numbing. But what I want to ask you though is is the person that comes up to you and starts asking you for your signature on a ballot, having a conversation with that person. Oh, well, that's, to me, that's worse than a punch definitely in the face. worse than a punch in the face. Yeah. When I was at school, there okay. were a ton of petitioners, and I got really good at acting really distracted when I was walking by them so they wouldn't talk to me. I always say, I just say I'm a felon. <laughs> There's See, nothing they works. can say. <laughs> yeah. That's perfect. Actually, I've had them be like, yeah, sure you are. Which is like, what? You don't think I could be a felon? <laughs> I get so somewhat yeah. insult- insulted. I think I think you could totally be a felon. Thank you. Yeah. Um. So the next one is uh, has to do with the royal family. Um, oh yeah. I don't know if you heard about the this. Crown Prince jewels. Harry, <laughs> Prince Harry exposed the crown jewels, mm-hmm. and uh, this this article described it as naked and cavorting with naked women, uh, a naked woman or women. During a strip billiards game in Las Vegas. Yeah. So, Eric, is what happens in Vegas not staying in Vegas? Is that better or worse than a punch in the face? I think in the case of Harry, you know, in the case of Harry, we saw his Harry uh, <laughs> things. Uh, Lil Harry Houdini. Lil Harry Houdini. We, uh, I, I think that it's hilarious to me because if this happened in the United States... Like, if a president or a senator or something was caught like this, like, there would be outrage. I mean, people would be saying, you got to quit your job. This is terrible. This is awful. People in England, they really don't care about this. Yeah, but it's not like he's a senator, though. He He is. He's just, he's he's like a senator's son that we all know is going to be senator someday. But they're not even, like, they're not even uh, outraged by it at all. Like, the overall consensus for British people is like, yeah, you know, he basically, you know, he should, probably shouldn't have got a picture taken. But, like, the fact of the matter is, if Harry wants to go to Las Vegas and he's a super famous guy and plays strip billiards with a couple of girls, there's nothing that's super wrong with that. As long as everybody yeah. is consensual and everybody's having a good time, I don't see anything necessarily wrong with that. He did do something wrong and then he let someone take a picture of him doing it. But, uh, overall... Like, I think that the British people in general are taking this with a great grain of salt that I appreciate and would like to see more clarity in in United States politics. Yeah, I think it's probably good for his image, too. And also the the photo that they decided to use for him in this article is him like a shit-eating grin. Yeah. Well, that's <laughs> so, the thing. It's, it's, it, he's, like, not going to be king, dude. Like, first of all, no, the queen has not. to die, which she is immortal. And uh, <laughs> she's a Highlander. And then once she dies, then his dad has to die, and then his older brother has to die in order <laughs> for him to become king. So it's probably not going to happen. And if it yeah. does, he'll be very old, and then he'll just be like laughing about it. 
You'll be very old and a little sad. So not as bad as a punch in the face. Okay, not as bad as a punch in the face. And finally, the last one. Um, we talked about a little bit at the beginning of the show. Uh huh. It looks like Los Marinarios are on track for a 500 season. That's true. Possibly, very yeah. possible. Right now, they're three games under 500. Um, I know it's within it's within grass. Yes. And Eric, hypothetically, would finishing the season one game under a 500 season would that be better or worse than a punch in the face? Uh, that would be better. <laughs> okay. I think that that is. Uh, I think that that is totally fine with me as a Mariners fan, as a diehard Mariners fan. They, that would be a it would be a market improvement from what they've done the past couple of seasons. They've had sixty wins the past couple of seasons. That would be a fifteen game improvement, and I would be completely okay with that. But you wouldn't be bummed. No, that you, that it wasn't a five hundred season. No, if they had eighty wins, I would be I'd be very stoked because they haven't done that in a few seasons, and I feel like they're on a they're on a much better track this year than they were uh, you know three seasons ago when they finished over five hundred. So. I think that they will be completely fine. I don't care really how it plays out for the rest of the season. They have a very difficult schedule, uh, and uh, I just I'm just excited for this Mariners team. So definitely not worse than a punch Fair in the enough. face. Fair enough. Fair enough. I bet you weren't expecting a very logical uh, rant about that, but that was my logical no, rant. No, I, I was expecting a little more passion, and so were the listeners. I'm sorry. I'll try to be more angry <laughs> next time. Okay. I'll I'll podcast while playing a game of strip billiards. Oh, wow. A little more I, energy. I will not be there. That will definitely be a Skype <laughs> it'll, episode. It'll just be you and me. Uh, oh, God. <laughs> all right. Well, uh, we're running a little long in the tooth, so let's go ahead. And uh, I just want to let people know how they can get in touch with us. You can follow us on Twitter at Personal Podcast. You can write us an email at personalarrogance at gmail.com. Uh, you can go to Bald Move and comment on our stuff. You can find us on iTunes. Rate and review us, Sarah. You could tell a friend. We love that so much. Um, and I just want to give one tiny shout-out here to uh, somebody who actually hit me up on Twitter. I posted uh, our 100th episode on Twitter a little while ago. And uh, and uh, uh, one of the people on Twitter – uh, uh, I'm sorry. I'm saying Twitter. I mean Reddit. One of my fellow Redditors uh, went ahead and, and wrote in. And uh, this this goes out to the constable username. Uh, he said he was he said this 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 podcast was right up his alley, and he wrote me to give me an update. He said, "Just as a report, one month on, I'm all cut up on the show. What a great podcast! Thank you so much for podcasting and let me know about it. And for what it's worth, when I'm old enough to get into a bar, the first thing I'll order is an arrogant bastard. So I'm very wow. excited about that. Uh, he is now in the listener hall of fame because he has listened to every single episode. Uh, wow." And uh, we always love uh, we love to hear about uh, your support, your criticism, and uh, your topic suggestions, as well as your dedication suggestions. So please give us an email, personalergots at gmail.com, or you can call us, send us a voicemail at 360-362-0024. So, Jesse, what's your first recommendation so we can call this thing a cast? Uh, yeah, my first unofficial recommendation is don't order a personal arrogant because they're not going to know what you're talking about. He said an arrogant bastard. <laughs> Oh, I thought he said a personal argument. Okay, yes. um, so my first um, recommendation, I'm, I'm doing a couple Seattle-themed ones for okay. all the people attending uh, Penny Arcade Expo this year. Yep. Uh, the first recommendation is get the poutine at Smith on Capitol Hill. 
All right. Uh, can't be beat. Can't be beat. Uh, mine's going to go actually right along with that. Um, you can also uh, – so the convention center is kind of sandwiched right in between downtown and Capitol Hill. So you can walk up to Capitol Hill, and please, if you're not from Seattle, you got to go to Dick's and get mm. a Dick's hamburger. Uh, it's a Seattle institution. They're really cheap. They're, it's $1.25 for a hamburger, $1.50 for a cheeseburger, or like two fifty for a Dick's Deluxe. They are delicious and gross and awesome. Yeah, that's that's definitely a must must do. If you're in Seattle, got to put some dicks in your mouth. Exactly. Uh, my recommendation is if you're um, at PAX and you want to get a quick bite to eat or a nice drink, maybe a martini, go to Vaughn's. Vaughn's. It's so close, yet I feel like we always get service there really fast. Mm-hmm. And it's not like we're, like, there's a couple of restaurants that are right by the convention center that always have huge lines and yeah. it's just packed with PAX people. It's a, a couple blocks away and it's a nice little haven. It's two blocks away and if and if Jesse and I aren't at PAX, we're probably at Vaughn's. It's kind of where <laughs> we post up. Not to mention they have the six dollar pork lunch, which is great. It's a uh-huh. good value. And there you can get personal you arrogance. Can get that's the only place you get a personal arrogance. You can get a personal pitcher of arrogant bastards, thirty two ounces of arrogant bastard ale for ten dollars. It's awesome. Yep. Uh, and my recommendation this week uh, is going to be the guidebook app. This is a little bit of a sneaky recommendation because when back in that first segment when I was going through all of the uh, panels that I wanted to attend, well, that's because I downloaded the guidebook app and I was able to go through the pack schedule, read all the descriptions. And then uh, go ahead and set my own schedule with notifications that will notify me an hour before each of these panels take place. And that way I won't miss any panels that I want to go to. It's a great app. It's it's called Guidebook. It also has a map of the entire convention center. So if you're going to PAX or if you're going to any convention uh, in the near future, they have these for most conventions now. Uh, so download download the Guidebook app. It's really useful. I'm excited about it. It also has a link to the PAX Twitter account, PAX 10, Musical Guest. It's got a bunch of stuff in it. So Guidebook awesome. app. Well, that sounds good, Eric. That sounds good to me. You know, I went to Leavenworth this last week, and I didn't even talk, get to talk about that. Uh, well, it's been we'll such save a, that, that gem for next week. It's been an action-packed week. So, guys, please keep in touch. We love to hear from you. Um, and please check out all the Bald Move podcasts right now. Breaking Good is happening. So listen to that and watch the show. It is very intriguing and informational. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, so <laughs> so uh, I guess that's it for this week. We'd like to remind you that wherever you go. And whatever you do. Please. Stay arrogant. Arrogant.